0: Football is live! This is the Ted Lasso Rewatch Podcast. We're stepping through the first season in anticipation of season two. I am Kelly Gamont here with some guests this evening. I have with me Casey Liss. Hi, Casey!
1: You know, I'm cute as a button and I can rhyme my booty off.
0: Uh, Let me check my notes here. Uh, Yes, that is correct. (laughs) Also with me, (laughs) you also take very with me,
2: thorough notes
0: <laughs> i do I, I prepped real hard for this one also with me i have steve lutz hi steve
2: i'm steve lutz and i don't get paid to be on this podcast but i'm mad all the time <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> also
0: with me last by no means least i have the lovely kathy campbell hi kathy
3: Oh, I'm lovely. Uh, is my tongue still in my mouth? Because I'm about to hallucinate from all the heat here.
0: <laughs> you know, I was wondering if I was hallucinating a minute ago, so it's entirely possible. <laughs> it's
3: um, all
0: good. As far as I can tell, your tongue's fine. So oh, good. Um, we are here to talk about the third episode called Trent Crim, The Independent. So just to put this in context of uh, the season, because I did... Uh, rewatch the season and then come back to this episode to see where it fit in, in as a whole. And where we are so far is we've basically met the main players and we've learned a thing about each of those players. Uh, we've, we know who Ted is and what his deal is. We know a little bit more about Coach Beard, about Jamie, about Keely, about Rebecca. And the thing we've learned about Rebecca, which is underlined in this episode, is that her intentions toward Ted are possibly duplicitous. Possibly. Uh, she's continuing <laughs> Openly on that
2: duplicitous. Yes. <laughs> uh,
3: we also learned the very important information that she has great breasts.
2: um Amazing. We haven't learned that yet, but that's coming.
3: This
0: this episode this This episode is is where they are unveiled, so to speak. Let's not get out in front Um, of ourselves. (laughs) It's going to be that show. All right. Hold on. Let me buckle up. All right. So the episode opens with a fantastic song by Elastica, which is a song that I love very much. So I was very pleased to hear it was Rebecca's Alarm. And She rolls out. She's ready to go when the alarm goes off at six o'clock and she is a woman on a mission. Uh, She walks into the office, she sits down at her desk and gives a pro tech tip to everybody about how you can have the voice assistant in your phone dial people by their nicknames. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, that's exciting. Yes, she's extremely jazzed because she's she's ready to see the pictures that she's had taken of Keely and Ted, apparently in some sort of uh, compromising position, although clearly he's really just wiping ketchup off the corner of her mouth. But that's not how the British press is likely to see it.
0: Exactly. Right. However, she's, so she's
2: bound to be disappointed.
0: <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> uh,
0: and then she goes uh, prowling through the paper, comes up empty, is very upset about it. And as she's hot on the heels of getting Higgins into the office to write you know, this I, in some I don't some think it's fashion. a bad
2: idea at this time to, to just say... Siri, call shithead, and just see how people's podcast catchers respond to that.
3: <laughs> that is so mean, Steve, and his very own brand. I appreciate it. Well, well especially since that's hey. likely to be
2: bleeped out. So I'm very curious if anybody has somebody' nickname <laughs> is bleep on their phone.
0: <laughs> I did notice she didn't say hey because I'm that nerd, and so I'm like, oh, right. she must have well, just yeah. decided, oh, and they did it, now. and they did it so that it wouldn't. <laughs> You know, send everybody's home pods. Because, seizures, of course, can you imagine
3: the articles that would be? <laughs> yes. Speci- I, I especially because can. Siri would reply, I'm sorry, I don't have anyone by that name <laughs>
0: yes. in your contacts. Or worse, did, they would just call the person in your contacts.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I think that's did where you the articles mean, would
3: come from. Did you mean Stephen something? Lutz? Yeah. Oh, hey,
2: sorry, I didn't mean to call you shithead, but I'm just watching <laughs> Ted Lasso here. It's it's really yeah. good.
0: <laughs> it was it was, I was very amused by it. Um, and then, uh, the thing that that I noticed about the second bit, Ted comes in, sits down, we get like a full, concentrated dose of Ted telling a story about a clock in Kansas, and <laughs> Oh no, it's in Milwaukee.
2: It's the Alan Bradley but, Clock Tower. Well, he hands it's very important her the to get bis- the clock right.
0: Okay. I forgot about the clock. So he he hands her the biscuits, and she talks to him with her mouthful. Which well, I yeah, because which I thought was funny.
3: These are crack biscuits. Oh these yeah, no. <laughs> biscuit. She's has had the worst possible yeah. morning and is overwhelmed. And the only thing that can survive her day is the crack biscuits.
1: Right. And, and the, funny th- the funny thing about it is he, he hands her the box and she brings it to her nose and like straight up huffs she the box. Huffs, immediately. huffs yes. <laughs> first. Yep. Yeah. And then sits down to eat them. And it's funny because I, you know, I did a rewatch of the whole series as well and then rewatched this episode about 42 times. And <laughs> it was in one or two of the episodes prior, I think it was just prior, that he had asked her, you know, is there any like food or, s- or something like that? Yeah. Something that takes you back and to your childhood yeah, yep, yep, or whatever. Yeah. And already she's, you know, straight up huffing this box of biscuits and mm-hmm. you can tell it's filling that exact role in her and, mm-hmm. and she just needs that stability and, and that comfort in this time when she's trying to ruin the guy sitting across from her who brought her the biscuits but that's neither mm-hmm. here nor there but she needs that stability and it, it was very yeah. subtle and very well done.
0: And I love but and that's the the subt- I thought it was subtle too that she talks with her mouthful of biscuit because she couldn't wait to be eating one but she still got to mm-hmm. shut him down and I just thought that was really funny. Um, so I, I got a kick out of that bit anyway. So Steve, tell us about this clock.
2: <laughs> oh, it's not a, super important. It's just the Allen Bradley clock tower in Milwaukee where Ted got left for three hours and 52 minutes, <laughs> I think. <laughs> And do you and know why know he how knew long how long it was? Because he
4: was, he was <laughs> looking at the clock. At the That's clock. a little
2: mystery I, I set up for you. You got it right away. You're sharp <laughs> Wow. <looking.
0: laughs> I'm sharp like that. Um, so I just wondered if maybe you'd seen it or something, because I had never heard of it before this show, so I didn't no, know. No, no, it just did
2: amuse me that the, the story was specific enough to, you know, discuss the <laughs> specific clock tower. Yes, and it's just, I, I, I have mean... no idea. It's probably just some, you know, normal sized clock tower and He's, he's mentioning That's it specifically true, because he has now seen Big Bed and he was very excited about that, although I'm sure it unlocked some sort of unpleasant memories from his past. But
3: yeah, <laughs> but not enough because he still was able to have a like really upbeat, positive story about it. That's true.
1: It's a Ted Lasso way.
3: Yeah, away. Yep. it's the Lasso way.
0: Uh, so from there, we cut to uh, downstairs, I guess, in this building and uh Ted's trying to hash it out with Coach Beard about um, how they're going to stack up against this next team. We find out Coach Beard, in the the latest episode of Coach Beard Contains Multitudes, we find out he didn't (laughs) even make it home last night. And I think I love Coach Beard because he's just low-key and like, very, like, I don't know what the word is, but it's not like he's random, but he's like, low-key fascinating.
2: He's a cypher. Yeah, because I, I love his him. response when Ted's like, oh, you stayed out all night. And he's like, eh, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know. it's not a big deal. It's not worth mentioning. It's it's, yeah. move on.
3: He's the perfect counterpoint to Ted who mm-hmm. will tell you this childhood story of being left at a clock tower randomly mm-hmm. because it connects to Big Ben. Whereas Coach Beard, you don't learn anything from him unless he wants you to. And it's very select stories and it's very select words and each. even
0: select pieces of those stories, which is the part uh the, the story about uh, teeth marks on our on our butts or something. And he says yeah. something like um, deep enough, uh, like they're the kind that you'd get paid for or something like that. And he <laughs> yeah. goes, yeah, he goes, so you've paid to have someone bite you i've been paid and that's and that's the whole thing (laughs) and like story yeah that yeah that's a later episode but that moment um like we get those from him like every episode he just sort of doles out another little interesting piece of the inner life of coach beard
2: Yeah, it's clear that these are like two pieces of one man here. Oh, yeah. Coach Beard and and Ted. And that neither of them would be successful without the other, Mm. which is what makes it such an interesting relationship. And the fact that they're... Two such completely different people, I think, uh, both lends to that and also makes it much more interesting.
1: And they're they're exactly. so in tune as well. And you know, this is the scene where they they ask, or Nate overhears them talking about, oh, we need a new strategy, and, <laughs> and they ask him for, Nate's you know, they idea. ask him for, for for the idea, and and he's very you know very Nate about it. Very, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, well, it's probably not very good. Eh. And <laughs> he hands them the, the paper, and, and you know, Ted says, I'm sorry, Nate. You know, I have a real tricky time hearing folks that don't believe in themselves. Oh, I love it. And and I'm gonna ask you real. Quick again, do you think that idea will work? And and you know, Coach Beard is like holding his nearest ear up, and Ted's like leaning in, and then and then Tate very, very they're innate, very, in a very neat way. Yeah, yeah, I do. And the and the two of them are like, oh, just, why are you so and, loud? Why are you screaming at us? And watching Beard like fall, fall over and commit floor. to the joke so well. Without, I mean, obviously in real life, you know, they knew exactly what was going to happen. But in the guise of the show, you know, there's no pre-planning. It's right. just these guys are so in tune that he knew this is where Ted was going to go with Well, his.
3: and I'm sure that this... Trick, not trick necessarily, but this tactic has been done again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. before. This is not the first time that mm-hmm. they've done the, I'm sorry, I, I have a real tricky you, time yeah. hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because that, <sighs> Ted looks at the whole team and Coach Beer does too, but there's always going to be at least one person, even on a professional, whatever sporting team, That's going to be more introverted and shy, regardless of what level you're at, regardless of how professional or how much someone's getting paid. There's always going to be somebody that isn't going to be believing in themselves. And so this practice of I can't hear you because you don't believe in yourself. (laughs) So, you know, it just whoosh. I have a filter in my ears and I just can't I can't do it. Uh, That's real and practice. And so, of course, as soon as it happens, Coach Beard is going to go all out. But I mm-hmm. love the
0: moment and I love that it happens. And it did, like, it would not surprise me in the least to fi- to see, like, the prequel, right, and find out that they've done this before. But it would also not surprise me to see the prequel and find out they've never done this before. Exactly. It's yep, just yep. that Coach Beard is immediately right there with Ted, wherever Ted's going. He's yeah. right there with them. You know, like, let's pretend in our dreams we don't know each other. See you, stranger. You know, like immediately every you know every time there's something like this like like coach beard is right there with it wherever it is ted's going you know he knows beard's half a step behind him and they've got that moment and and i love this bit with nate i love the strut um <laughs> i love yeah. nate oh is my not God. Very <laughs> Going <laughs> to find not. out if that but idea is a flattering silhouette
3: is is very pleasing I mean, to me. Wear it right out of the store. I yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. I, I. Oh I love my it. gosh!
2: But I, I always appreciate when a show like this sets up something for a later episode that's just totally minor, and the strut here comes into play in the next episode when they're at yeah. the, the gala for the With children, the and, and Nate walks in in his new suit and he does the little bit of a strut, and, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let the suit this, do the work. Not the time. Let the suit says... do the work. But I mean, yeah. just just the fact that they. Bought to set that up here for that one Mm -hmm. little moment in the next episode. I really appreciate that. I I couldn't agree more. If you
0: go back through, um, like now that they're all available and you can watch end to end, uh, you can see, it's it's much easier to pick those things up and you can see, like, here's a setup, here's where it pays off, here's a setup. here You can see... And if you're like, if you're watching carefully, you get stuff like that. Like, no, Nate, let the suit do the work, you know, and you get these bits. And and I also like Nate's reaction to them falling over about yeah. him believing himself because you feel like Nate's really like, wow, like, wow, they're really, you know, I think he kind of he, I think they win him over in that moment. Um, He's well, I don't feel like he was 100 percent bought in. And then there, like, you see his face and then they go try it. And they're like, what do you think, Nate? And I think, but I think that's the moment where he's really like, okay, you know, I'm in with this or or whatever. I think,
3: I think, I think Nate, that was, he was all in and wanted to believe them, but he has been, not ruined, but he's been burned before. Yeah. Mm. So he wasn't sure if they were serious or if it was just all for show, not paying attention. But this going all in and, you know, they listened to him and they actually cared what he had to do and wanted Mm -hmm. him to feel positive about what he was providing and that right there and then not only did he did ted take the you know scrap of paper from his pocket and look at it and say it was good but then was like let's actually do something with it. And not mm-hmm. only let's do something with it, but let's say it's really good. And then also tell Trent Krim from the independent that <laughs> it was Nate's idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, that, yeah.
0: You know, I think yeah. it never occurred to them. It never occurred to either. To, it, I know it never occurred to Ted. It probably never occurred to coach beard to give anyone credit for Nate's play except Nate. Well,
3: of course. Yep. And no. I, yep.
0: Which I also love. Like, it never occurs to them to be like, we thought we'd try it, you know, or whatever. They just totally tell them, like, yeah, it's Nate. Nate's over there. It's him, you know.
1: Yeah, I um, really Nate, like the. scene. Nate was
2: already so shocked that they even remembered his name in the first yes. episode. This is just his whole, you could see his mind explode like, when they actually listen think, to him and they decide they're going to use his play. I think well, that's yes. what it
0: is, is listening to him. Like, but he, like, I think he believes them. Like they were like they they were never doing anything, you know, under false pretense or anything. But I think like you said, Kathy, like he's he's seen this movie before. And I think this is the point where he where he starts to believe it in himself like they do for like a tiny bit. And I think it starts here.
1: Yeah, I you know I'm so glad you said that because when I rewatched this and and with the ability to have the hindsight of having seen the whole you know first, first season, I feel like there are three different relationships that are that we we sort of see where they're going maybe, but I feel like we establish. Very subtly, but we establish a firm traje- trajectory from here on out for three different groups. I think Nate and and the two coaches, as you said, Kelly, you know, we're establishing kind of a direction for that relationship to go, and we're doing it right now. Later, I think we start to establish the Rebecca Keeley relationship, yes. and 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 then <sighs> and then finally at the end, if you ask me. I think we start to establish the Keely and Roy relationship when he goes yep. into the nightclub at the very end. Oh, and so I feel like yeah. I feel like these three different relationships, obviously there was some magnitude of them already, but I feel like for the most part, all three of them were relatively static in the first couple of episodes. And now mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting a little uh, uh, tailwind pushing them in particular directions. Yeah. And, and I think you're exactly right that Nate's it, with the coaches is happening right here.
0: I think we start to I think we start to see those, and I think I think you're right, Casey, that this is where we get the seeds of mm-hmm. of each of those, and 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 it's super fun to watch, and that's part of why I was glad to get to to talk about this one in particular because I really like the setup on all of these. So, um, in fact, we get part of the next one after this scene where um, uh, Keely uh, Keely finds Ted. She interrupts him mid strut, and. Um, <laughs> Tells him about the photo and how she doesn't want it in the press. Ted's reaction to the photo is perfection. <laughs> is, um, a beautiful photo of a woman whose relationship does not define her. Which I yeah. love. I love
3: how supportive he is of this whole situation. Like yeah. it,
0: because I, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't care about him in it. He cares about. Uh, he cares about Keeley, who it turns out. Uh, much like our own Casey Liss is cute as a button and can <laughs> rhyme her booty off.
2: You have no so, idea the power of rhyme in this goddamn country. <laughs> I know. That's so
3: funny. And the rhymes are so good. And I it's I love perfection. I love okay, so Keely by far is my hands down favorite character at all. Like totally. I adore her. She's, She's the best. Favorite. And the fact that This sets up because we saw Keely in the past. We saw, you know, a little bit of her character, but this is the episode where she comes full circle, not full circle, but like fully out as a really smart and Mm
4: -hmm.
3: like caring human. And a full that character. She has way more
0: going on than walking in the locker room and going, everybody decent. Oh, you know, like mm-hmm. right. There's she's so not just the girlfriend.
3: She's yeah. not just Jamie's tart. She's a full <laughs> <Yes>. human. Yeah, <laughs> well and, and that makes me really happy because again, she's my favorite. Yeah,
0: because we spent two episodes with her. Basically, like you know, she's just just a wag. Wives and girlfriends. It's a whole yep. like it's an right. industry right. in in the UK and. Uh, like we spend two episodes sort of getting this idea of her that way and then we get this episode and it's fantastic and we get so much more of her and that's there's there's the pieces of this with her that I love. So um, she I takes it to Rebecca. I think the fun thing about
2: that too yeah. is the fact that uh, is that not only is that our our perspective on her, which is, you know, she's probably the dumb eye candy when she walks into the room and she's shaking her booty into the locker room. And then it slowly unfolds that she's really smart. And then she ends up doing promotional work and Rebecca hires her. And there's a lot, there are a lot many layers, a lot more layers to her than we were given to believe. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's also her character journey. I mean, coming into it, she sees herself as dumb eye candy to some extent as, as, you know, the girlfriend of the, of the dumb, uh, twenty-three-year-old yeah. footballer, and that's always been her role. And the fact that she's she's kind of coming into these understandings about herself and how sharp she really is at the same time as we are makes it a lot of fun to and, of t- and take that the journey with her.
3: It's fun to do and, that with her, and and that her her whole you know she's famous for almost being famous. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that. As a, you know, a minor celebrity, I'm sure that deeply imprints your worth and what you're able to do. And so the fact that Rebecca in the future will actually like legitimately hire her Mm -hmm. is has got to be just this mind blowing. And I love I love that journey and how it parallels with so many characters in the show. But Mm -hmm especially like Nate, Nate gets to be seen as more than just somebody who picks up dirty towels and refills water bottles. And that is really special.
0: Yeah. And I love, I love doing this with Keely. Like we get the, we get sort of the setup from it here because we see a little bit more of her and kind of who she is. And we get a big bunch of that in the next episode when, when her and Rebecca have the conversation in the bathroom. So uh, I, I love it. Um, Before that, though, uh, Ted thinks, of course, the only thing that they can do with this information about this this picture that's supposed to run in the newspaper tomorrow is go to Rebecca and see what Rebecca can do about it. So they go to her and they go, Rebecca, basically, look at this photo you had taken. What are we going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so uh, Rebecca says, well, of course we can. I can fix this. I know a guy. I'll make a call. Uh, they're both very happy to hear this information. Uh, in the process, we discover that um, Higgins is a terrible spy. Oh my! God. Uh, and- <laughs> really? No burner phone?
1: Come on! What is this amateur hour?
0: I mean, I did wonder.
3: Like, really? Like, yeah.
0: So, I mean, I
3: duh. And la- I, I, I. He clearly. Only follows instructions with very specific guidelines. <laughs> Doesn't really think outside of the box. I'm sure that Rebecca was just like, hey, hire somebody to take this picture and then mm-hmm. we can send it into the newspaper. And he's like, OK. And and, and did <laughs> But I that. did.
0: I guess I I guess I wanted to give him more credit after spending all those years helping Rupert. That maybe he would have picked up a tip or two <laughs> about being secretive.
3: No, yeah, I don't know. You would but, but you see, would I I have met a lot of people like Rupert, and <laughs> wow, Rupert is very much the type of person that would micromanage the heck out of any sort of spying and manipulative stuff. And so, I don't think that there was any sort of agency. That was given to learn how to be a better spy.
1: Okay, that's a really good point. I also love to go back just a half step when Higgins is you know running in because he's late because you know, <laughs> <laughs> she was expecting oh, him yeah. to be there. Oh traffic!
3: And, so
0: and, so and many snorting people. into the office, which I, <laughs> it, I love that favorite, entrance.
1: Yep, and my favorite, you know, he pitches the the briefcase which we later rediscover. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think my actually believe it or not, my favorite part of the scene is him trying to play off oh I, I, I stopped to talk to about a hundred people and you know everyone knows that of all people Higgins would not be talking to a hundred people <laughs> and, and because Rebecca's just such a cool customer she it, and maybe you could pl- play it off as her being a jerk but I think it's just because she's such a cool customer this doesn't even register to her that that's a possibility so she just like ignores it and launches into what's on her mind because of course Higgins wasn't talking to a hundred people yeah. on, she on his knows way he's up. full of crap just, exactly. like knows. Yeah. just
2: like she knows when she walks in and he's leaning on the water. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, trying <laughs> to look like he got there well before yep. she did.
3: Yes. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's so good.
3: Well, and there, yeah. there's no reason to acknowledge it or identify it because it's not going to change anything. It's not going to do anything. There's no, nothing that needs yeah. to be done with the fact that Obviously, he was not just downstairs in his office. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she's just yeah. going to get on with her business. But Although she's very it's busy. it's really
2: not clear at this point why she's continuing to pay him because he's incompetent at literally everything <laughs> that she tells him to do. And I mean... That's true. The only thing I can think of is that she's, she's just being spiteful and keeping him around so she can whip him whenever she feels like it.
0: I think <laughs> he's a good target. And I think that she... Uh, I think right now... She's kind of still in the 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 stage where she appreciates that because she can't do it to Rupert, but well, she's still still taking revenge
2: against Higgins himself for the the part that he had in sneaking Rupert's women, right?
3: She knows that she can make him feel bad about so many different things. But also I think there's a layer of the fact that she knows him. She knows what buttons to push, she knows Mm -hmm. what information. He knows for the most part what but he knows he can nothing. do. No, it's true. <laughs> What's the point? But, but she there's still somebody that can do the stupid things kind of well, sort of, occasionally. But <laughs> there, there there's not she already has Ted and Coach Beard that she has to try and l- figure out what they're like, and so yeah. being able to have at least one stable, one known quantity, yeah, known quantity. I don't know if I would call him stable necessarily because he's so <laughs> incompetent. But yeah, there's,
0: there's. I don't know how much stability is there, but I don't know. I mean, five kids and still married to the same woman after all of that in the tiny house and everything. I don't know. Um. <laughs> so, um. Uh, so Rebecca says she's going to fix all this by making a phone call, and uh, and then we're off to practice or training or whatever whatever they call it. <laughs> training. Um, we training. see Nate's train. We see Nate's play in action, and it totally works. Um, and then we're back in the locker room where uh, Colin and Isaac hassle Nate. And this is Tarts a thing. side
2: pricks as they're referred to. Yes. to <laughs> I love
0: the dramatic pause before that when he tries to figure out what to call them and, and settles on side pricks, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yep. But also, what was interesting to me is that um, Isaac's one of the one of the players whose name we get to know. There are we don't get to know everybody on the team, and we get to know Isaac. And the way we are sort of introduced to Isaac is that he's one of the primary. Nate hasslers in this whole thing and isaac is the one who ends up as the captain at the end of the season so that i i almost feel like i missed a bunch of that with him the first time through so um that was just the thing i happened to notice when we were uh when i was watching it again was to go back because i did i i went uh full casey where I watched the season and then I went back and watched this episode again. <laughs> and, uh, that was the thing that I noticed because I had just sort of finished watching, um, Roy hand off the armband for captain over to Isaac, mm. never stop smashing televisions. And then, and then I see this and it's Colin and Isaac who are, um, who are giving Nate grief. Uh, Ted comes out and tells everybody that they've got gifts and everybody got a book. um, uh, in in true Jamie form, uh, Jamie gets a book, realizes it's a book, puts it in the trash. <laughs> yeah,
2: he tosses mm-hmm. the Beautiful and the Damned by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Which yes, of course, is a cautionary tale on being too focused on wealth and glory.
3: Imagine that!
0: I, and ja- right in the trash I am it goes. In reading it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I love how on, like, obviously, this is the character that they've created for the show. So Ted Lasso, of course, would do perfectly chosen books for every team member. I love the idea. I think it's Brilliantly executed. Mm-hmm. I would love if somebody was able to like pick out and get me the perfect book for a situation that I'm going through. Like, that would, like, there's something so meaningful about a perfect gift that is a book that is perfectly chosen.
0: Yes. Of course, not everyone else feels giant, that way. I'm a giant book nerd. <laughs> Jamie obviously did not care yeah um, but Jamie doesn't care about but you know he's Jamie he doesn't care about much that's why he probably should have read the book yeah. um Joy,
2: of course gets a wrinkle in time which comes in the gets
3: a oh my gosh in time. i was so happy that this was our episode because <laughs> i love that moment so much but we're not there yet no we're not here, there yet
0: um so um we get that we get um uh we the the next thing we get is after uh, Jamie hucks his book in the trash, um, Roy decides he's had it with Nate being hassled. Goes and tells Ted like they're hassling Nate, and Ted's like, mm, "Yeah, well, what are you going to do about it? N- not a thing." Uh, you know, but I am
2: going to tell you this story about Little Ronnie Fouch pooping in a butterfinger wrapper. <laughs>
0: tell you a terrifying story about a butterfinger, bar- a butterfinger wrapper.
3: Um, yeah, so. <laughs> which- this this was such a Ted way to do this because he knew he couldn't say, oh, hey, Roy, you're the captain. You need to go take control of it because mm. Roy would be like, mm, no, no. And so he, I okay, so t- where are the Ted Lasso training courses where <laughs> right? people can learn how <laughs> to so lead true. teams of any kind? At, like Ted Lasso, like there's some branding and marketing that needs to get in a spin. Come on, Apple, get with it, because <laughs> oh, that is needs to exist.
1: No, it's so true, and and you know, I love the moment when Roy walks away, and and Ted says to Coach Beard, he's the one coach. The first domino needs to fall right inside that man's heart. Which yep. even the phrasing of that sentence, I feel oh. like, is such a Ted Lasso way of phrasing it N- not only you know the, the the point of what he's saying but the, the literal words that are chosen i think are so ted lasso and it's so perfect yeah
0: yes. the dom well, that it's a it domino seems extremely
1: dangerous
2: you don't want
0: dominoes <laughs> in your <heart>. you <laughs> you uh, well so uh it sort of works because roy takes matters into his own own hands tries to have words with jamie apparently too many syllables jamie checked out in the
3: middle basically ignored him uh it, oh no, Jamie knew exactly what Roy was asking. Oh, he did. And yeah. And and, and didn't turns care.
2: around and tells his side pricks to keep it up if you if you'll pardon the <laughs> <Yeah>. expression. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the side pricks. And you know, and I that whole interaction it was just sort of another I felt like that was just underlining everything, which I thought was kind of funny. Um and it was just another point where I found Jamie really frustrating. I mean, I know that's what's supposed to happen, but um, it was, it was very, and I think this is, I think it's because we hadn't had a whole lot of the football portion of the show yet. So we weren't like, we know Jamie thinks that he's the whole point of the team, but we hadn't seen any, like a whole lot of evidence of that just yet. So, uh in in like at this point i'm just like why does anybody give this dude the time of day so when we find out like he really is a big deal you know um this is the moment where um and this is the moment where roy says uh your right foot was kissed by god mm-hmm. and so they all yeah. look up to you and it's making me question my own beliefs <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: i think that the key thing that uh that jamie says here for his character and it speaks very much to the frustration one has watching him is his response to why he picks on on uh, uh, Nate is he's a weak baby and he can't defend himself. And then he smiles. Yep. It's and like, smiles. no, no, that's a reason not to pick on him. Not yep. a reason to pick on him. You right. ask. Yes. So and that's a great but line bullies too. Because
3: bullies go for the weak people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was,
0: and I think that. But like. Also, one of the things in that interaction is that every once in a ro- every once in a while, Roy says something that's very very funny, and that was one of those moments makes me question my, um, you know my whole belief system, and I love that every once in a while Roy has one of those one of those like low key hilarious moments. The way Coach Beard has these low key like personal glimpses into Coach Beard's life, like we get these moments where Roy is really entertaining, uh, even though he's you know Roy Kent. Um, right. So then it, we get a new day. Uh, the the moment we mentioned earlier uh, where uh, Higgins is casually hanging out in front of the water cooler to make sure Rebecca sees that he was there already and uh, Rebecca walks in today with yet another plan to take down the biscuit pimp so she tells <laughs> Ted that in exchange for not running the photo he has to do a profile with Trent Krim, who I believe I the don't know if you know this he's with the independent mm. um <laughs> that's who who he is who knew Uh. (laughs) Kathy totally gets the name of the episode now Um, (laughs) (laughs) so Trent shows up we see the decoy play again uh, out on the field and uh, uh, this is another one of this is another of my the Roy moments I love Roy has to rethink his order of what he thinks is the funniest thing he's ever seen. <laughs> it's oh my so god! Good. Yeah.
2: yeah, his whole speech about how it's funnier than Step Brothers. That moment, it's like, so you so know, the scene where the bunk bed collapses. I used to think that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen, but now I have to completely reprioritize my list of funniest things I've ever seen.
0: But now that I've seen that, that's and I great. Just, it, I, the, the, it's the I deadpan ju-
1: delivery that that just brings it home. It's, it's so perfect. Yeah.
0: It's it's Roy's complete deadpan of it, and and how he sounds so serious about having to go and rethink the order. And I, I just love it. Um, then we get, uh, another low key casual mention. Um, in case you haven't noticed, I'm kind of a sucker for those. Um, Trent discovers that they're taking Trent. Crim, the independent, uh, discovers that they've taken a, a play from the kit man and, and uh, Ted Lasso name drops g- Gay Talese. I can't deal. It was, I had to pause and laugh and laugh and laugh because I was so entertained by that reference in a show about soccer, about, I'm sorry, about men's soccer. Here, we call it soccer and men's soccer. Just, sorry. Um, so uh, so uh, the, the Gay Talese reference just, cracked me up for people who don't know uh gates Elise wrote a profile of frank sinatra and it's sort of considered the the standard by which all other profile pieces are measured and so for ted lasso to know this and then recollect it on the sidelines during the middle of practice in front of a reporter and to have the you know and to have the whole thing be about you know it, it's going to be an iconic profile because coach beard nodded his head that Nate's a good kid, you know, um, just the whole thing was just hilarious to me. So,
2: um, yeah, so this and is I feel like another example that's... too, of, of, uh, of coach Beard being a man who says little, but when he does, it's clearly something very important, but it's important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So the fact that Nate is a good kid is of serious import. And I mean, that's, that's all, I think, mainly a setup for, for later when, uh, when Beard is forced to inform, uh, Ted that, he's being an idiot and he needs to try to win from time to time. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: I there's we 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 uh did a lot of work, I think, laying the groundwork to get to that point. I feel like yeah. that was a, that was a well-paved path, right? To I right. Mean, we have yeah, to win! This,
3: this show is just fantastic at paving the right paths. So it's it's good and solid, you know, pavestones. It's not Deeply rutted, where you're bored on the road. <laughs> it's just a, right. Yeah. Okay, there's I'm, no I'm...
0: soft gravel in this show. That's yeah. The show. yeah, yeah.
1: I also Yesterday. loved in this scene, you know, and I feel like Ted Lasso as a series does this very well. There are moments that lesser shows would try the same joke or the same gag and it would be funny but it's it's just deeply obvious what gag they're going for but in this particular case you know as they're praising Nate and saying oh he's a genius he's literally kicking a pile of poo across the cage. And, 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 and in a lesser show, I feel like you could make the same gag, but it would, just, it would be more ham-fisted, more obvious, and he, you know, it, it's clear they're going for that like dichotomy, where here it's much more subtle, much mm-hmm. better delivered, and I think that it's just masterfully executed. And it's such a stupid, silly moment, but it's so indicative of what I love about this show, that even these little moments that really don't mean much are sweat and thought about and, and executed so darn well yes
0: and i think part of what i love about it in that way is that some of those are not for everybody like Mm -hmm. um i had to pause the episode and explain to mr kelly why the gay to thing was funny um just like (laughs) yeah you you just
2: explained it to me so i appreciate that same oh yeah
3: no thank you for doing that work
0: Okay. So, uh because I was a I I was a, a a high schooler who desperately wanted one thing in life and that was to be a journalist and I wanted to go write profiles like that for magazines. So, I read that many times. I I wanted to someday write something that was at 1% as good as that profile. That was like my life goal when I was in high school and And so that was like the only thing I wanted. So when they make that joke and it's not for like, it's a joke that's not for everybody. They don't expect everyone to get it. And like later, you know, we get the reference when, um, uh, when Ted is talking to sassy and he says he's leaving and he says, I'll be your underhills. And that deep, deep fletch reference, like, again, not for not something everybody's going to get. But for people who get it, it's just delightful. And I love those kinds of things. So I, I really appreciate that this show went for that. Like, not everybody's going to understand what he's saying when he says, look out, gay to there's a new iconic profile. And uh, for people like me who do, it's just so, so, so good. Oh, it's, um, the,
2: it's the classic mystery science theater thing. The right people will get it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Don't worry about the rest of it. <gasps> So, uh, okay. yeah, so Trent it, only, it took the this long, but I'm finally is, the
0: right people, and now I'm very <laughs> There
2: you <about> that. go. <laughs> yeah, so Trent Krim, the Independent, is is obviously aghast that the Kit Man is coming up with plays for a professional horrified. football team. Yes. Um, and it's it's worth noting, I think, that roughly a quarter of this episode consists entirely of shots of Trent Krim. The Independent, uh, looking sidelong at Ted with just a quizzical half-smile on (gasps) his face. That look! And I think what's great about that is it's it's not entirely clear, because Trent Krim is a colossal prick and always has been, and and that comes through. (laughs) We have that uh, on excellent authority, by the way. So it's not at all clear whether he's being unexpectedly charmed in those moments, because it kind of looks like he is, or he's just cynical enough to smile at the thought of how he's going to twist the knife into Ted later when he writes C- his profile.
3: Yeah, I think that's totally what that look is. Is like, oh, this is going to be so easy. Mm-hmm. This will go that's down his... on
0: your permanent record.
3: Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what he's known for. That's the attitude that he brings for everything. And there's no way that just allowing to have a kit man's play would charm him enough to be, oh, I'm charmed right now. Right. Like, oh, yeah. that, uh, or the, and especially the reaction from Coach Beard and, and all of that, like, it's it's laying the yeah. groundwork, but that was definitely a, oh my gosh, this is going to to be super easy. And then it obviously turns out to be... But
0: it's the same expression the entire time, which I think is sort of the master, like, the pro move with that, is that he, he makes that same he has that same expression on his face yeah, uh, like the whole time, you know, like you said, Steve, it's like 25% of the episode is right. him with that expression on his face. Yep. But at first I think you're right. Like, Oh, you know, I'm writing that down, you know? And then, but then it becomes like, okay, like I actually kind of, I kind of, you know, cause he has that look at the very, very end when he says, um, and he says, I really enjoyed getting to spend time with you today. And he says, you really you mean really that, mean don't,
2: that you? don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a bit of a mix, and it might even be more charm than than cynicism. Because I mean, when he's being cynical, like when he actually outright says to Ted, "That's a quote I might use." Mm-hmm. About him saying that he's not concerned too much with wins and losses. I don't
0: care so much. Yeah.
2: He he just comes right out and tells you if you're if you're going to get uh, yeah. roasted over the coals, you know. So. Mm-hmm but it's it's just it's fun because every time he does that it's like you know maybe he's uh, maybe he's really start, starting to see ted as what he is or maybe he's just real excited to get to that keyboard <laughs> <laughs>
3: could be either way
0: yeah, you never really know. Uh, right after this, we have one of my favorite scenes in the entire series where uh, Keely and Roy face off in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, topless oh, so Roy good. and Keely face off in the oh parking lot. Oh my gosh.
3: Lot. I feel like that's an important piece of this. Um, it's very, very key point to uh, make there.
0: We, we have some real uh, character development here where we find out exactly how good and how bad Keely and Roy are at impressions. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty good, actually.
3: It's just. <laughs> <to
0: life. laughs>
3: uh, we also learned some very important uh, things that Roy does not need a phone and a and watch, a
2: watch and which a is watch. probably my favorite line in this. Didn't it's, your girlfriend, your last girlfriend, steal your Rolex and sell it for drug for money? For drug money? So, <laughs> so? I don't need a phone and, and a, watch. a watch. It's
1: fantastic. Yeah. No, the way that Keeley just just plays Roy oh, so man. well, this entire scene is so unbelievably perfect and so j- just just incredibly charming. And, you know, I think Kathy had said earlier that, that she's your favorite character in the series. Yes. And and I, I don't know that she's my favorite, but especially upon rewatching this, I realized that she carries much more of the show than I initially gave her credit for and is so darned incredible and perfect throughout so much of it and especially with her going back and forth with Roy and pushing his buttons and him just not even realizing it at first it, it it's <laughs> so so good and and also you know to his Roy's credit impression. he does eventually realize it you know, I'm <laughs> yeah I'm making yeah. you mad right now no. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> it looks like he's about to explode. Yeah.
1: The mo- and, that and
0: moment. And yeah. It's yeah. so
1: good. And his it's as good as his impression of Ted Lasso is bad. It was hilarious, <laughs> it but it was a so very so bad impression.
3: Well, <laughs> and so I funny. love that this adds other layers to Keely um, and how smart Keely is because oh, yeah. clearly, so she's been a wag many times. She's been in this Scenario: She is not phased by shirtless footballers. She's oh, yeah. not. She can handle. Admittedly, you can't always that.
2: tell when Roy's wearing a shirt or not. That's true. <laughs>
3: that, that's from a very the good front. Point. It's you difficult too. to. Yeah. He also seems <laughs> to have a
2: headband on yes. most of the time. But... <laughs> He's a very hirsute fellow, is what I'm yes. saying.
0: Yes, for yes, for sure. Uh, but but there's yeah, also I just... so much chemistry in this scene. Like mm-hmm. aside from. From the, like, the charm of watching it, like, part of what makes it charming to watch the two of them in this big, you know, impression face-off, as it were, is, aside from being hilarious, is the charm in it because of, because of the chemistry between the two of them. And, like, it's, it's this exchange where I'm like, hmm, that'd be fun to watch, you know? Uh, Especially because... I put them on a boat, as the young people say. Yeah,
3: you know? <laughs> uh, especially you know, Roy has been in the uh, game for so long, and technically Keeley has too, mm-hmm. and so th- having that chemistry with each other when they both don't really trust or understand each other too yeah. is is really special.
1: You know, and it's funny, it just occurred to me as we're talking, and maybe all three of you were way ahead of me on this one, but I think it was in one of the prior episodes, I don't think it was in this one, that, that Keeley explains that, she maybe it was the first one, that she was taking uh, Jamie to get waxed. And here you have Roy in all this resplendent, <laughs> like ridiculous, topless <laughs> uh-huh. glory. And it it underscores in, in a very subtle way that, like I said, I didn't even realize it, how different and in, in polar opposites Jamie and Roy are. And yeah. how that's probably yeah. a good thing for Keely. And and certainly oh, yeah. it's a good thing for Roy to be interested in Keely and not somebody else. But, not but yeah, somebody him, that's
3: going to st- steal, steal his, his, Rolex his Rolex for Rolex drug and money. Sulfur. For drug yeah, money, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, but it, it it was striking to me as as you guys are talking I'm, and I'm try, you know following along, realizing that oh here he is this this incredibly hairy man the opposite of Jamie even in physical appearance as yeah. well yeah. as demeanor.
0: Yeah, and and it's it's just and it's fun to watch the sparks there because that's I think that's sort of it. It feels to us it sort of feels like the first time they've had like a proper conversation even though it was ridiculous and screamingly funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it kind of feels like the first time the two of them have had like a, a proper chat and like actually spent a little bit and each of them sort of figured out the other one had a little more going on than maybe they originally thought. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like watching that reassessment kind of start there is sort of interesting. So I enjoy that. Um, well, there's also and- a
2: bit of insight here into, into Roy being a decent human being and the fact that, uh, she deeks him by saying that uh, he says he doesn't know <laughs> Nate's last I don't name. don't even know his
1: last name. Yeah. And yeah. she yeah. says, no, it's, it's Barnes.
2: And he says, no, it's not. It's Shirley. So, I mean, he's clearly somebody who has has given enough thought to Nate to not only know his first name, but also his but, last but name. But his last name,
1: too. Yeah. 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 Do you guys think that, that this is Roy discovering and appreciating Keeley? And perhaps Keeley's appreciation of Roy doesn't happen until the end, like we were briefly talking about earlier. Because I feel like here... I, I don't get that much from Keeley that she's like, oh. But at the end, when he, you know, headbutts whichever one of the, the side pricks. <laughs> well, he doesn't know either because <laughs> yeah, his exactly. eyes don't work so right. good in the dark right. anymore. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> just such a good line. I, I, think,
3: I think she was attracted to him, but also not ready to give up
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: the current relationship. Yeah. I don't know that she's attracted, but I think she maybe
0: took another look and realized, like, maybe, maybe there is, like because he you know he's he's sort of not your your standard issue footballer at this point either right well he's so, out there
2: his stated reason to her for being out there is he's looking he, he's defending Nate from her turd boyfriend right so it, but i think i think mostly in this scene she's more amused by him than anything else yeah uh, in that scene where yeah, he comes exactly. in and actually actually you know pays off with action on his words and headbutts Colin right. uh <laughs> i mean That's she's the moment instantly moment when she when she's instantly really aroused gets her in attention. that scene, and you can see yeah. it in her
0: face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. He, gets, he definitely gets her attention there, but I think I think she maybe noticed him in this moment. Like they have this conversation, and she's like, "I can push all your buttons," and then she does, you know. And and they have this little chat, and I think I think they both reassess each other. Whether or not it's it's oh hello, you know, is a very different thing because I think, <laughs> like you guys said, I think that happens later. Um, so. While we're on a hot streak of Keeley, we'll just skip ahead to um, so uh, Trent asks about like, was there cake in the locker room after you guys lost? They all head off to the school. Keely is there because uh, she shows up. She she appears before Rebecca bearing gifts. So she brought Rebecca a cactus. It's strong and a bit prickly. (laughs) <laughs> just like Rebecca um, yep. and says one of my favorite things that Keely says and, and, and I adore Keely and I, I love this this moment I've decided not to be scared of you anymore and
3: <laughs> I love that it's such a delightful so much.
0: declaration Um, and then they have this really terrible, like it's a sucky conversation that they have to have it but I really love that they have it about how the press never the press is never mean to men when there's a yeah. w- like when people split up or whatever. And the two of them are just sort of discussing the state of things. Rebecca casually mentions her very specific example of something that would never happen to a dude. <laughs> um, <and> well, it's, <laughs>
2: it's a it's a critical conversation because it, yes. it alerts Rebecca to the fact that what she's just tried to do to Keeley is the same thing that she's been going through with Rupert. Yeah. And yeah. somehow she mm-hmm. completely missed that in her, in her rage and her desire for revenge. Yeah. Well, and, cause Keeley uh, was
0: collateral damage and she hadn't really thought yeah. of Keeley as like a person until Keeley sat down and had this conversation with her.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to the, the first episode of this esteemed podcast today just to, to, you know, see how it was going. And, <laughs> um, and, and I think the overwhelming view of Rebecca by that group was that, Oh, she's great. I mean, she's, she's a strong woman and she's, you know, she's taken charge and everything. She's evil. Oh, in yeah. these in these <laughs> early bits, I mean, I, yeah. you do have some sympathy for her because she is clearly going through some stuff, you know, and oh, and yeah. you understand where she's coming from. But she is unabashedly evil in all yes. things here, she's, and she is she she's is,
0: being horrible because she wants it to make her feel better, and I she's, get that. Yeah, yeah she's
3: lashing out in a way. Because for however many years she was married, I mm-hmm. don't remember how how many, like that was her relationship was this harsh, evil world. Mm-hmm. And then he completely dumps her for new Rebecca and, and chooses to make her life miserable. And mm-hmm. the only way that she can react to that is by being this you know, playing the game the way that he is, without even recognizing. I don't. I don't think that she really recognized how evil she was being mm-hmm. until like closer to the end. Until yes. well,
0: and I don't think until it stared her in the face. And I think that she gets the first look at that here. Absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the other thing
2: is that she is she. Uh, she's forcefully avoiding any any realization of the fact that what she's doing is awful. Oh, yeah. And and it's it's highlighted wonderfully in this scene um, where uh keely is looking at the picture of her boobs in (laughs) mallorca and it's clear while she's going off about how she can't stop looking at them that rebecca is is obviously really starting to enjoy keely's company and -hmm. just suddenly out of the blue she gets very uncomfortable with that and she says she's got she must be getting on she's she's got a lot of work to do and she kicks keely out of her office but it's you know it's clear that the mask is starting to 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 crack a little bit there and that's when she she suddenly shuts it down as soon as possible because she sees
0: keely as a person in that moment as keely's like you wouldn't have told me that if it wasn't a thing that you had to show and then right you know keely says like the greatest thing about this photo which is like if i if i looked that good in this photo i would show everybody (laughs) yes (laughs) and i love it and then you know and then casually leaves you know blowing my mind with your beautiful breasts (laughs) you know (laughs) just so good and i and that's part of why I think Keely and Ted get on so well is because like for they come from a fundamentally positive place, which, yes. is, which is a thing that I really love about the two of them. And that's part of why watching the two of them together is so fun is because they they're very simpatico in that way. They have a very similar outlook. And yeah, I think they're probably- both
2: aware of that fact and they sort of commiserate oh, yeah. with each other on that level.
0: Yeah,
1: and yeah. it's not, it's not only that, but I feel like not only are they relentlessly positive, but they're both extremely emotionally intelligent. And in yes. these two scenes, you see her, you see Keeley just destroy Roy in 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 a happy, friendly way, but you know, pushing all his buttons <laughs> instantly. And then with one line in this scene, she says, "Come on, you wouldn't have said something if you weren't dying to show someone," which yeah. is. True. And it's so emotionally intelligent. And I, I yes. feel like, mm-hmm. again, me personally, I don't think I gave her near enough credit the first time I watched this through that she is so bright and, and not just emotionally, but in, in pretty much every way. She's so bright. And in the same way that Ted is, you know, Ted is deeply emotionally intelligent, even though he's a terrible football slash soccer coach, but <laughs> he's emotionally intelligent. And she is too. And, and it, it, but I think mm-hmm. with her, it seems like it's a much more subtle and slow burn than it was oh, yeah. with Ted.
0: Right. Sure. Yeah. But, and I think it's these moments with, I think these moments with Rebecca are good for both of them, which is part of why I really like watching mm-hmm. the two of them together. Uh, so when they go to Liverpool collectively, um, that like the, the interaction between the two of them there is part of what I love about that episode is the episodes, the, di- the dynamic there as, as it thaws, as Rebecca gets it together, as Keely continues to sort of grow up you know, um and and all of that is is pretty great. Um so in a in a bit of physical comedy, uh we move on to um Trent Krim, Head and Shoulders above the a sea of school children.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, coincidentally they have an appearance at Roy's niece's school scheduled for the right. day that he's doing that profile. <laughs> yes. and, which oh. Trent Krim the independent acerbically notes, which I, I love.
3: It was so funny.
0: It's just and and by the way, like for the record, I think we could all agree, Phoebe is so cute, it hurts a little.
2: <laughs> she's like, great. She's <laughs> just that idiot adorable. there. Adorable <laughs> <laughs> that idiot really refers to her.
1: And she well, comes- in, in that line, too, is so great because he's so classic Roy, even yeah. only in the third episode of the series. It's so just tr- stereotypical Roy as you say, oh, that idiot there. And then she waves at him and his face just lights up. And whether it's oh. synthetic or whether it's real, it doesn't really matter. The fact that Ro- like angry, I'm, I'm Roy Kent and I'm mad about everything. <laughs> yeah, and then he just <laughs> lights up in front of Phoebe when she's looking at him. I, I love it. I love she it She so comes
0: rip snorting up to wave at Uncle Roy and he doesn't think twice about, picking her up over his shoulder. Okay, let's go, you know. And like, I would watch a whole episode of just real time them at the school as Roy <laughs> does headers with everybody. Okay. Yes. Good. Oh, I like that. That I like your style, you know. Yeah. Next. And
1: Ted Ted jumping Ted, in is so and great. And, <laughs> and, and his like little fist pump, he's so excited with himself so when he did it right. So <laughs>
3: excited.
0: Yeah. And
2: the one little girl just completely misses the ball and he says, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's
0: the one I love. It, because yeah, he great. like it's a little Ted Lasso-ish to yeah, like yeah, say yeah. a nice thing to every single kid even the kid I mean, whose he head goes he, nowhere near the ball. Like he knows he has to great. play
2: the game at least a little bit when he's in public, so. Oh,
0: right, of right. But but it was just really it's one of those things I joke about this sometimes when somebody says something that's very similar to what I would say and I go, "Oh, it's weird to hear my words come out of your mouth." It's very weird to hear Ted Lasso's words. Come out of Roy Kent. So, <laughs> yep, yep. yeah. Oh, I liked it. You know, Roy I liked know. something Although, like was surprising in itself, which I just thought was funny.
3: I think, I don't think that this interaction from Roy is because of Ted. I, think I don't think that that's his real self.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. But, with I that. Think, but it's not
0: the I think, Roy that we have. It's not really the Roy that we've seen to this point, which is part of why it's part of why I know I, it stood out to me. The way that it did is because like, yeah, it's his public face that he has to put on because he's out in the public and and it's a bunch of kids, you know, and he's done this before, obviously, because he says, I only do this. Not like, you know, not like today. It's like they do this regularly. You know, I only do this because my niece goes here. And that's part of what that's part of why I thought it was just funny, because to this point, that's not what Roy sounds like. That's not what Roy says that like there is nothing about I liked it. That says Roy Kent, and so that's part right. of why mm-hmm. that's part of why I was so amused by it. Um, and then uh, apparently Phoebe does spend a lot of time with Roy because she delivers a perfect drop kick of the soccer ball right <laughs> right into Coach Ed Lasso's face. Um,
2: Good job, Phoebe says Roy.
0: Good job, Phoebe.
2: It was a nice Roy- kick.
0: It was a great <laughs> kick. Yeah, of course. But obviously, he's he gives- saying a
2: bit more with that statement.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And then, of course, Roy is super upset about the book. Um, We get done with headers. uh, We're assessing the damage to Ted's nose. (laughs) He's still bleeding on everything. Uh, Roy is super mad about Ted's mind games, which I also thought was really funny because he's accusing Ted of playing mind games, which is also what Jamie is doing when he continues to be nice to Jamie. Jamie's like, I can't stand him playing his mind games because both of them think that about Mm -hmm. Ted, which Mm -hmm. I thought was sort of interesting. Again... Like Casey, you know, when you go through the whole season and then come back and watch this one and see how it all fits in with the rest of it, like you've just you've just finished watching two episodes of Jamie talking about how he can't get over Ted Lasso's mind games and Ted was you know horrible for that, and uh, and it's really not, and that's so it was kind of funny to see this here when Roy says he's mad about his mind games and wants to know, uh, you know, why did you give me a wrinkle in time, yes. you know, and and then.
2: To which Trent Krim, the Independent, here comes says, Trent
0: Krim, the Independent.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the story of a young girl's struggle with the burden of leadership, and yeah, I guess that's in there. But is that really how you would describe a Wrinkle in Time if somebody <gasps> asked you? Cold.
3: I mean, I guess
2: maybe that's how Trent Krim, the Independent, would would right would state it. But
3: Trent Krim, the Independent, is a journalist, and. Yeah. Like, thinks of books as the greater story arc, not Mm -hmm. necessarily specific story pieces of it. Um, And plus, it's not an incorrect statement, and it fits the purpose of this moment. Well, the whole purpose
2: of it is to lead into the next exchange, which is, am I supposed to be the little girl? And Ted says, I'd like you to be.
3: (laughs) Which is great. Which could be taken Uh, so many ways.
2: Well, it's it's (laughs) obviously meant to be taken that way, because we're talking about a big, tough man here who clearly is concerned about that side of it.
0: It's fantastic. Or at least has Um, to appear to be. So... We're done at the school. Uh, we head off to have Indian food. This
2: is also, by the way, oh. where Roy drops that Trent is a colossal prick and always has been, which is yes. Yes. always
0: has been <laughs> because and he I... is.
2: I mean, there's no doubt that Trent Crim, be... the Independent, is a colossal prick. None. None, He's... None Everything whatsoever. about him says this.
3: Yes. 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 And of course, Roy would be very familiar with Trent Crim, the Independent's uh, oh. journalism. No doubt. Yes.
2: History. As his career oh, yeah. is winding down, I'm sure they go the way back. Of much of much of Trent Crim's The Independence Poison verbiage. Pen,
0: <laughs> yes, yes. So we end up off at Indian food. Um, we get another sort of Ted Lasso moment where Ted introduces Ollie to Trent Crim, The Independent, mm-hmm. and says, "Congrats, you both just met a cool person."
3: I love <laughs> that bit so much, and I also love that of course Trent would actually go to the restaurant of uh, that he was invited to. Like yeah. that. And I also
0: like that it's it's made clear, like because Ali sort of mentions it, right, and and says like you know I invite everybody that that rides in my car or whatever he says you know and Trent's like, oh I see like oh I see what's happening here right and then you know make it for us like we're family, oh, um, oh gosh, which he so, says so
3: bad and, that may not then, be the wisest
4: move. and
3: then confesses <laughs> I've never eaten Indian food before. Um, right. Trent Krim, the independent's face, too, when yes. he orders to make it like family is just like, yes, you know that Trent Krim, the independent <laughs> n- knows what, uh, how spicy he Indian knows, food he is. He knows what what Ted
0: has signed mm-hmm. them both up for and yeah. is sort of concerned. And as it turns out, has every right to be because what Ali brings out is basically weapons grade Indian food. yeah so true
3: and the the emotions the tears in this (laughs) the emotional journey of eating the four bites of food Right.
0: Also, and I
1: swear, Ted is getting sweatier and sweatier as he's eating this meal, which yes. who knows you know, how much of that is real, how much of that is, is just putting droplets on his forehead. But the way it's executed, <laughs> again, subtly executed. They're yeah. not leaning into it too much. It's just there if you want to see it. And He doesn't I, I talk about being it.
0: sweaty. He doesn't talk about, like, is it hot right. in here? You exactly. just see that he's sweaty. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Trek Krim yeah. the Independent can barely finish two bites. And his reaction is also <laughs> priceless because he looks like a and man then, that's about to die. Right. And he
0: also can't like he tries to ask a question like between <laughs> sips yes. of water and yes. you hear him like stumbling on is his that words why you're and...
2: leaving kansas
3: is that why you left kansas <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and ted's reactions too you can tell he is fighting through it just as hard as trent yep. from the mm-hmm. independent is but he, by golly, it would be so rude of him to not eat the food that was we can't provided. Let look bad, no, yeah. in front of his father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, it's so, it's so Ted. It's so flawlessly executed. It's such a beautiful scene, especially when Ollie asks how it is, and. <laughs> Tell your father in law it's perfect. perfect. Dad, he says it's perfect. Yeah, 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 like yeah. that's so wonderful and sweet, and yeah. I can just uh, visualize.
0: Because what's important the to in Ted, law. intestines be damned, Ted is going to make Ollie's day, right? Yeah. yeah, and that's that's a good I, way of putting it. That, <laughs> that's the part that that's one of that's like the dynamic in that whole scene. I, I love that, and I, you know, I love Trent Trent Krim the Independent going. I, I can't eat this
2: you know like immediately like no this is not only does he have to eat does ted have to eat his portion but he also has to eat (laughs) the independence and then we
1: know how much americans like to eat so he brings more there more More. more. yeah
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. you know, and it's funny, we were talking earlier, you know, when does, when does Trent Krim, the independent really change and and become a bit of a Ted Lasso fan? And obviously you don't know, but you know, when, when they first sit down, he does the breaking of the non or whatever it is and says, you know, let the battle battle commence And, 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 and uh, he says to Ted, seemingly, you very fired up. You know, what you're doing is irresponsible. Like at this point, we're certainly led to believe. And I, I think it's genuine that he still thinks that this is all BS, that 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 this is terrible. And it's not until he goes and really, you know, thinks about the events of the day, which is happening off camera, uh, that that he decides, oh, actually, Ted, you know, it is kind of a mistake and he is a disaster. But nevertheless, he's not a bad guy and we, we can all be excited for him.
0: I think the tide for him starts to change at the right before he leaves when Ted yeah, says, I really appreciate mm-hmm. you. I really I really enjoyed getting to hang out with you today. And Trent Krim, the Independent, looks him in the eye and says, You really mean that, don't you? Ted's yeah. like, Yeah. He knows He
3: he realizes that this is not just an act, mm-hmm. that this is actually how he is and this is actually Ted. Yeah, yeah, this
0: isn't this isn't Ted putting something on for Trent Crim the Independent. That's not that's not what's happening. You know, I we think he sort of warming his way
2: into Trent is, Krim's heart all along. The Independent, by the way. Um,
0: well, yes, <laughs> but this but is this is clearly the capper when he's but I when think he genuinely that's yeah. well I think that's the moment where I think that's the moment where it sinks in with Trent Crim the Independent that he that this is legit. This is absolutely who he is. None of this was for show. This is just, you spent a day with Ted. It happened to be a, te- a day where you had to go off to the, to the grade school, but you know, none of those interactions with the people in the community, none of those interactions with the people on the team, none of those interactions in the Indian restaurant would have been any different if Trent Krem, the independent hadn't been there. And I think yeah. that moment is when he is, is because he never really like asks Ted do, you know, are you are you really saying this for you know? Are you really saying this because you mean it? Are you know? Are you telling me the truth? Is that really what you want me to think or anything like that? Like he never questions any of it until the very end when he says, "You really mean that, don't you?" Yeah. And you know, I don't and think Ted he gets told he very
2: often that people enjoy his presence because people <laughs> right. generally yes. do not. Yes. Yeah.
0: I I I believe there are uh, not many members of the Trent Crim the Independent Van Club, so yeah. I think that might be also. I think that might be part of it. Is like. Ted legitimately enjoyed his company and you know, and he maybe that's unusual for him too. Who knows?
2: So, so as sweet as this scene is, this is the one part of the of the episode that comes off as a bit maybe a little too exaggerated to me. I mean, obviously these characters are all exaggerated to the what? degree, <laughs> but um when when Ted gives his little, you know, for me success is not about the wins and losses, it's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves speech. Yeah. I mean that's that's a fine speech if you're coaching a little league team, (laughs) it's an absurdly naive thing to say if you've literally been hired for the purpose of being a professional, uh, coach whose job is specifically to help that team win matches. I mean, maybe, maybe that attitude played at division two Wichita or whatever, but I strongly doubt it. And I mean, if he wasn't there specifically to fail, that speech alone would be enough to get him fired. And and I think rightly so, Mm -hmm. um, You know, it's, it's, it's just, it comes off as almost more naive than I can believe, even from Ted. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, I'm sure opinions vary on that, but and, and to the show's credit, I think he actually does get kind of backslapped for this later when, when Beard points out that, you know, no, you're here to coach a professional football team. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not a boys, a Cub scout leader. (laughs) You are here to win games. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it's just a little on the silly side for me, but I, I still love it because it's treacly and I like treacly. <laughs> I,
0: I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm with you on that hundred percent. Well, but. and I
3: think too, it actually allows Ted to have a little bit of character growth because he is so used to, you know let's have fun and you know yes. as long as everyone's having fun then that's you know success right. and and he can
0: get away with that at college level even because they're not paid yeah and it's so, st- like he could be paid to be the coach wink. but the players aren't being paid i know i i tried <laughs> to pronounce the air quotes around paid i may have not gotten it quite right yeah uh,
3: yeah and In and theory. so i i like i like that part it f- does feel very heavy-handed and it does feel very <sighs> cheesy is the wrong word but i it, it it
0: doesn't ring quite as true i think it's a sweet I mean, speech yeah, I, I find it hard to true. believe
2: that Trent Crim, even if he's being won over by Ted, the wouldn't completely... Sorry, Trent Crim, the Independent, I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> Trent Krim, the other guy, not the Independent. I meant Trent Krim the Independent. I find it hard to believe that as cynical as he is, he wouldn't excoriate Ted in his piece, regardless of how nice he thought he was. Right, right. Just right. for that. But yeah. it's fine. It's, but, it's, well, it's sweet.
3: And Trent Crim, the Independent read the script and knew what... Sure. he's supposed to write.
0: Knew yeah, what no. was supposed to happen. <laughs> He'll get his uh,
2: rude awakening eventually. Yeah.
0: But before we find out what Trent Crimm, the Independent, actually wrote in The Independent, um, we get a brief moment where uh, Roy is reading A Wrinkle in Time to Phoebe on her bed with her
3: little twinkly
0: lights yes. around it. And for someone is, who is
2: dead set against this book, he's gotten through most of it very quickly. <laughs> right? Very, very quickly. <laughs>
3: yeah, this is almost the end. And because he's a very good uncle... And he'll do whatever he can for his niece.
0: And yes, he's been I... reading
2: to her for like six hours.
0: Forever. Yeah. Since the minute they got home from, from, from school. school. Yeah. Uh, so he, they get to the end of the book. It has to be me. It's so cute. Uh, uh, he uh, drops an Roy- F-bomb. Royce squares. Well, and, and, and and Phoebe, Phoebe- is Phoebe- has been
2: manipulated successfully.
1: <laughs> and the, the, my my favorite part of the scene is I feel like the the acting from um, what is his name that uh, play, Brett, uh, uh, Goldstein. Goldstein. Brett Goldstein. his acting as you watch that realization just wash across yes. his face, particularly oh in the eyes and eyebrows, is so masterfully executed that you just watch this epiphany happen, and and then he you know, he screams out the expletive and tells Phoebe <laughs> to mind her business. I- <laughs> it's very Which well is
0: my. F- I love that and response. And then he comes back and kisses her
1: on the forehead and says, be, yeah. good.
0: be good. Be good. Yeah. I love it. So she's, you know, she is, of course, surprised, points out to him that that's a bad word. I he, don't
3: think he that tells she her was surprised. To- I think that she knows. It like I Uncle Roy has sworn in front of her many oh, no times course. before. Mm-hmm. No, I it's think not surprised. Yeah.
2: Not 20 not 20 minutes ago.
3: It's no. it's more of a I am going to make sure that my Uncle Roy is the best human possible, so I am going to remind him that that is a bad word. I and think it was
0: volume that surprised her. I think is what it was cuz he's very loud. Uh,
3: <laughs> anyone anyone that has uh, been around a child this age Knows they that know. the, the 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 swear word is not the surprise; it's Mm-mm. the power that you have as a kid to be able to tell an adult that that's a naughty word that right. you're not allowed yeah. to say. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: They're still the cutest. Phoebe is so adorable. Oh, um, gosh, I and I, but I love that he's sitting on the bed next to her. Like, her head is resting on his arm as he finished reading, <laughs> finishes reading the book. You can sort of imagine he her,
2: her string up those Christmas lights on her, on her oh, bed. Oh, you know there.
0: he did. Um, He bought them.
2: Probably. That's my headcanon. <laughs>
0: he got them for her because they're, they're stupid lights for little girls, so here, have them. And... <laughs> and but I just love that they are right next to each other. And he says, mind your own business. And I, for some reason, that just struck me as so, yep, yep. so, so funny. And then he gets up off the bed, leaves, walks back, tells her to be good, gives her a kiss on the head. They're the cutest. I love it so much. I've got to go make headbutt
2: somebody now. <laughs> it yes, so it's exactly right.
3: This this relationship is very, reminds me so much of my brother and uh, my kid. Like the two of them together this mm-hmm. is it like he when Avi was little, he would constantly like make her try and kick him and then be like, oh, that's a terrible kick. Here, let me do this again. <laughs> He's like six, four shaved head goatee and he, uh, with a tiny little person just the the oh i'm a big tough uncle but here let me like That's protect actually you actually pretty good impression and-
4: <laughs>
3: Thanks. i've been working on it <laughs> um, but let me buy you this frilly dress with the hoop skirt for christmas that i found mm. at goodwill and i picked out and brought for you because i knew that it would be perfect for you like yeah. that this, it, i it, yes this is spot on reaction and it's the cutest. relationship and i and i love it, it so much
0: yeah also the same thing where he basically like barks at her when they're at the school and it's time to leave and he goes baby and he sticks out his hand and waits for her to take it yeah right and like that like every one of the moments with the two of them they're they're the best i love them so much i love later when um uh keely introduces her to zeppelin which made me very happy yes
3: (laughs) in the fantastic house that i that's like i would love to live in keely's home
0: but her her house, whole other, wow, other conversation. How- yeah, it's a different story. Uh, we will do the interiors of Ted Lasso podcast after season two is aired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we get to the the end of the episode where uh, Higgins has has laid hands on an advance copy of this Trent Crim the Independent hit piece, and he starts reading it to Rebecca over the phone as we see Ted out in the community and uh, there's. Uh, a little curly-headed blonde boy who was one of the kids at the school who says, how's your nose, coach? <laughs> and He's, <laughs> he's the really one whose soccer
2: ball he bled on previously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't use it to clone me. It was, yeah. He And he, he says hello to him and, you know, shakes his mom's hand. It's a very cute little interaction as he's just sort of out in the world. And then eventually... Uh, Trent's voice takes over, and he continues to sort of read this profile as Roy shows up at the club, headbutts Colin, uh, points out Keely that is Jamie is such a child. <laughs> yes, yeah. There's two uh,
2: great reactions here. There's there's Keely who sees the headbutt and either the violence or the righteous justice <laughs> clearly has made her extremely, extremely excited. Just a look on her face is enough to tell you. And then the other is when uh, when Roy drinks the vanilla vodka, (laughs) looks right at Jamie Tartt and says, such a child. Such a child. And the reaction, the look on Jamie Tartt's face is just so crestfallen because as we learn in the next episode, he grew up idolizing this guy. And even though they're at odds constantly in the locker room, that's like being stabbed in the heart. That's to have, to you know, so the guy dismissed. that you're really looked up to, and you're kind of probably trying to impress all the time, even though mm-hmm. you're ne- you would never admit it. Come yeah. out and say eh, you're such a child, yeah. b- mm-hmm. beneath me. And it's, it's in a another, great moment
0: in another low key joke um, of of the show. Uh, we see it. Nobody talks about it, but this caffeinated vodka that Keely is pimping. Uh, when we get to the. Um, uh, the pictures that are of her and Ted is she's at a photo shoot for this caffeinated vodka as a lion. And, uh, it's called Kafka cause it's coffee and vodka. <laughs> right. And <laughs> right. But, like no one ever says the name of it or anything. You just occasionally catch a glimpse of a label. And that's another one of those like little tiny low key jokes that, uh, just delights me to no end. I love it so much. Um, on the so, same note, I want to point out that Kafka,
2: when, uh, when, when Higgins calls Rebecca, we get a shot of her phone because we can't go more than 30 <laughs> seconds in this without seeing an Apple product of some right. kind with the logo that's clearly emblazoned all over it. But uh, the phone clearly reads shithead when he's calling yes. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: you can't have Siri work to call shithead if that's not the name it's great. in the phone.
1: <laughs> you know. and i yeah. also loved here's another example of you know um, a really great execution of a fairly obvious gag you know as higgins is reading you hear this classical music and then at one point he kind of interrupts himself just to, say, to say somebody. you know look look this is not my words this is right. you know, ted crim the independent yeah. and and the music stops but you don't hear the record scratch it's not super loud the music it's mm-hmm. very subtle like i think i might have missed it the first time and then it picks back up very gently and if you're paying attention it's it's quite obvious but if you're not paying attention if you're just letting it wash over you you might not even catch it it's it's such an obvious gag especially if you know you go for the full record scratch the whole rigmarole but <laughs> it's done so subtly and so uh, just eloquently it, it's mm-hmm. it's so great to watch
3: yeah. and then I, you got
1: the the dancing got a poop gag that follows just a moment later so right. you're covering all bases
3: <laughs> it really just rounds out the
0: whole mm-hmm. thing Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, we get another shot of Ted uh, rushing home to spend time in the smallest room in his apartment. Um, (laughs) And we get we get a moment at the very end of the of the profile, presumably. uh, Trent Krim of The Independent uh, sort of confesses at the end, like whether or not uh, Ted pulls this out or not. uh, Trent Krim, The Independent, is rooting for him. And he doesn't
2: think he will. By the way, he thinks it's clear that they're going. To, Richmond's going to lose. Oh and yeah, it's basically yeah.
0: like when they lose, and but they I, will. Yeah. I know, won't yeah. be
2: gloating when they do. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and it's it's a v- it's very interesting to sort of listen to uh, Trent Krim the Independent, uh, evolve th- over the course of this one uh, profile piece that's that's getting published, which was very interesting. I wonder where they ran that. Was it uh, maybe in the Independent? <laughs> no, it was in the sun. Duh. Same owners, you know. <laughs> yes,
2: that's yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: so, uh, overall, what I love about this episode is um, that there's a lot of setup in it. I mean, I love a good payoff. Don't get me wrong, but I really like watching setup happen. And I feel like this is an episode where we get we get a lot, a lot more character setup because, like, we sort of have to meet everybody in the first couple. I think that's where so, the setup is
2: going on in those first two episodes. And this is the wheels finally kind of grinding into motion slowly. Right. We don't yeah. have to
0: meet anybody anymore because we know who everybody is. And so now we start getting to see how things advance and how yeah. how stuff changes, the new things we learn about everybody. And that's what I really like about this episode is that this is sort of where... Where, you know, the plot gets underway and starts to actually move and we don't have to keep meeting people and all that kind of stuff. And so that's that's one of the things that I really like about this episode is those those standout things that continue to stand out because they're the start of stuff that we get in the rest of the episodes of season one.
1: Yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree with you more that that we're, we're finally setting this train down the tracks it, well I say finally as though it was a slog in the first two episodes it, it <laughs> wasn't it was delightful but but uh, nevertheless I feel like now is when the, the train is really leaving the station and and we're really starting to see where this show is going in, in, yeah. in, a, in a way that I don't know that we, we could before or you know perhaps especially in my case anyway I assumed you know oh it's obvious that, uh, that Rebecca and Ted are going to hook up at some point like that's the way these the shows shows work and obviously that's not what ends up happening or certainly not yet anyway and and so now we're starting to see okay where is this show going you know, and and we're seeing it now and it's it's just delightful to watch
0: yeah this is where we get a lot of lefts i think um mm, because mm. because all the things you thought were going to happen or um the the ex- expectations that you had of certain things that were going to happen like this is where we find out like keely is not in fact two-dimensional she has a third dimension this is where we find out like maybe roy does have a little bit more going on maybe he is a tiny bit self-aware about himself uh maybe you know and and we find out a little more about ted we find out a little bit more about coach beard we find out a little bit more about um about nate as nate finds it out about himself and yeah this is where like this is where those things start to go like and we start to get some of those things and find out like oh like that character you know the wag that showed up in the first two episodes is not the care is not who we're actually getting out of this show and you know uh who roy is is not who we thought we were getting uh you know who trent Krim the independent is by the end of it you know is not quite who we thought it would be uh and he and is all a colossal
2: those, prick though i mean there's no doubt. to be that. fair <laughs> right.
0: there's no there's no doubting that um but yeah, he doesn't he doesn't end up taking that out on Ted, at least in the in the piece. He's a colossal it's prick,
3: published. but at least he recognizes and acknowledges humanity. Yeah. Um I think I think you know, I think Trent Krim the Independent writes a lot of pieces <laughs> that are just really having to be scathing. He's kind of the um oh my god, what? <sighs> American Idol, the douchebag. What's his Simon. name? Simon Simon Taylor. Yeah. He's the Simon Cowell of the Independent, of the, the newspapers. Yeah. he, he this, this is his job. This is what he's hired yeah. to do because he's clearly so much more intelligent than anyone else. Why would he not
0: be... In fact, he
2: signed on to the position and it was announced as we're looking for a colossal prick. I mean... Right. He's kind of locked in at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of... I sort of thought he he seemed a little backed into a corner by that, you know, like I think that's why I think he sounds to me he sounds surprised when he says you really mean, mean that when when Ted says he enjoyed spending the day with him. and I yeah. think uh because he's been that guy for so long that uh, it was novel to him that somebody didn't treat him that way because Ted doesn't know him. Ted doesn't know who he is. Ted just oh, takes he, him at face value. Like, I think
2: he's still that guy. I mean, he's, he's enormously totally full of that himself. Guy. This is this is no. A brief I don't expect moment. he's
0: gonna no. This no, is a brief no, 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 moment
2: no. outside of his comfort zone. But no, right. I think he's I'm not. Still. Saying,
0: he's I'm not saying Ted, he's gonna be a better guy at the end of this and, after having right. spent the day with Ted Lasso. But I which think which is he why it's so it hilarious novel. to see him
2: like ensconced amongst the school children at the school. Yes. Right,
0: <laughs> right. That's why I love it. And but I think. I think he had a novel moment sure. with Ted Lasso of like, you really do mean that because Ted Lasso hasn't been reading this guy taking down people in the independent for however many hundreds of years. Yeah, He's but been he doing knows
3: it. the type of personality that Ted is, that uh, Trent Krim, the independent, is. he oh, yeah. he was introduced to him. And I think what this really does is is it showcases how innately good Ted is at the very base level that this is actually his personality. It's not, uh, yeah. uh fake. It's genuine. Yeah, genuine. Thank you. And yeah. it it also helps set up for the moment when he does become, uh, when he breaks a little bit from emotional heaviness. Mm-hmm. It it allows him. It allows the audience to follow along and see. Oh, this is really, really Ted. This is yeah. this is hi- who he is as a person, um, because he's he knows he's here to be treated the way that Tr Crim, the independent, has treated him in all of the past. Yeah, little well, bit, and he
2: even says it in his piece. In, in a In a industry like designed around ego, Ted Ted Lasso doesn't have any. Yeah, or he doesn't <laughs> display any. And I, th- I think that's very telling. Yes,
3: that's yeah.
2: true. Yeah, I was I was excited when I saw that uh, I got assigned to this episode. Not just because of the excellent company, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think <And> this <laughs> this might be my favorite early episode. Although it's in a tight fight with For the Children. Um, uh, yeah, same. Large, yeah. largely, largely because Anthony Head is so so wonderfully evil. But anyway, <laughs> so, yes. Um, <laughs> but but I think the reason uh, the reason that I enjoy this episode so much is this is I think where it becomes clear finally what the show is going to be. Yes. Um, based mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. first two episodes, there are there are a couple of obvious tacks the show can take. Mm-hmm. I mean, one one likely approach, and I think maybe the most likely based on the way it's set up is that is that Ted is going to be subjected. Uh, Job-like to an increasing series of failures (laughs) and disappointments uh, that will stretch his optimism to the breaking point. Uh, You know, he'll reach a low point, but with the help of his friends, he'll persevere and rediscover his optimism and win the (laughs) day anyway, right? And, And this show could easily go that way. I mean, so far, we've seen the press rake him over the coals on his first day. His marriage is clearly disintegrating, and there's nothing he can do about it. Um, the team loses their first game badly, and the entire stadium greets him by chanting "Wanker at him <laughs> and then, of course, the last episode has ended with you know the pictures being taken of him by the reporter at the sun um, that could easily ruin him uh you know and could end his his tenure as coach almost immediately so when this episode ends with the terminally jaded Trent Crim, the independent um being charmed by Ted in spite of himself. It's clear that, no, this is, this is going to be a show where Ted's optimism is unwavering despite minor setbacks, and it's going to gradually rub off on everyone he meets and improve all of their lives immeasurably. Now, that's, that's just as cliched as the other possibility, but it's a hell of a <laughs> lot more fun to watch. Yes. Yep. So no, the it, fact it, that that's the way this one went, you know, at the end of it, I was like, all right, cool,
1: I'm in this for the long haul. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it, it, it's funny again on the rewatch, it, it was obvious to me, probably obvious to everyone else immediately, but it was obvious to me the the opening credits where Ted sits down, and I think it's a sea of blue seats, and then he sits down, and his seat becomes red. The seats around him become red, and, and that mm-hmm. red just spreads throughout the stadium. I might have that backwards, but you get the idea. And and it's so clear that that is you know Ted's influence. It's a rep- visual representation of Ted's influence, and yes. and the fact that he is, as you said, Steve, so unwaveringly positive. In upbeat it's just especially for when this show landed you know as as everyone is probably the opposite of positive and the opposite of upbeat it was such a refreshing thing to, to consume and and even still today you know we are not out of the woods here in america and and certainly most of the world is far from out of the woods it's just so delightful to see something done with obvious care Something done well, and something that's just so darn uplifting and positive. Even in the sad moments, which we didn't really get that many, if any, in this episode. But even in the sad moments, it's still got this air of positivity and upliftingness that that's just so nice in 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 these unprecedented times. It's so nice <laughs> to it's so it, nice it, to it, see something it, like that. As
0: love- Trent Crim, the Independent, said, "It never hits you over the head. Slowly growing until yeah. you can yeah, no yeah. longer ignore its presence."
2: And you'll note well, in that opening credit sequence that one of the things that he washes away with his optimism is some graffiti on one of the yeah. seats that reads mm-hmm. Relegate, "relegate Rebecca." Rebecca. Yeah. That's <laughs> wiped away by his yep. his cheerful demeanor. But even that even that opening sequence is a little misleading because he looks so sad and lonely out there in the middle of that sea of seats. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: He does. So you still I, don't
2: know based on that until you you get a little further along, you know, what this is going to be about.
3: What I love about this show is that it does show that it's okay to accept the bad things that are going to happen and have those moments of frustration or sadness and still come out positive. And I – it makes me so happy in the deep, dark parts of my soul – to have these like really you joyful moments. I know. I know. Shh, don't True. tell anybody. Okay, we For tell. just the three of us or oh, four I'm of so us. Oh, I'm so disillusioned. Yeah. <laughs> we won't tell. It'll be a, You'll don't be tell tell anybody. You. Nobody is yeah. listening to this, so it's okay. It's just the four of us here. Fair point. Yeah. Um but I it, it's so full of hope even that even when you're having really bad days and really bad moments, it's okay. To still find a little bit of happiness and give a little bit of happiness to somebody else and know that you can take some of that happiness back, even if it involves eating a ton of really, really spicy Indian food and then have to be in the tiniest room in your apartment for a long time. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, I really enjoy it. Casey, what do you think overall as part of the season?
1: I think, I think it's a really solid episode. and Like I was saying earlier, this is where you're setting everything in motion. I, I think it was mm-hmm. great.
0: I, and I, I, really enjoy, I really enjoy it for that reason as well. And I, I think what I loved about this is that it's fundamentally hopeful and coming from a place of positivity and lots of things don't. And I think whether or not everyone who loves this show can quantify it, I think that's what a lot of people are responding to with this, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, given all this, uh, having something like that show up and having it be, uh, you know, what you got to watch because you'd seen literally everything else. <laughs> 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 um, you know, I think that's how a lot well. of people discovered it was like, well, that's one thing on a streaming service I haven't watched yet. And, and for the last
2: maybe 20 years, everything in popular entertainment has been so infused with cynicism and snark mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Even even things that have no business having any of that in it. It's just everything is everything is from this jaded perspective. And, and, you know, beyond even, you know, the current zeitgeist of the times, just having that much pent up, you know, this is what I expect entertainment to be now. We Mm -hmm. don't have happy little family shows anymore. We just have, you know, we have family shows, but the family all hate each other and they all talk about each other (laughs) behind their backs. And yeah, to have something this sweet and pure. Uh, come out mm-hmm. of seemingly nowhere is a big surprise and a super pleasant one.
3: And yet, yeah. it's not. It's not a you know kids' cartoon where oh, ha, right. ha the flowers didn't bloom this year. Like there's still Aww. some serious issues going <laughs> on, and there's still yeah. some some mean people that aren't that are villains, but not. We get to see some of the humanity in the villains, which which mm-hmm. well, in most of them, um, not all because rupert's still just a oh no he's the worst yeah, um yeah. you gotta but, have at least
2: one irredeemable guy
3: <laughs> right yeah but even the you know the villains that are kind of set up for this show end mm-hmm. up showing their humanity and there there's something really special about that and and full of hope and yeah. it could not have come out at a better time
0: you know i think if this show had come out um earlier or if it had been released under different circumstances, the main character of the show would have been Rupert. It wouldn't have been Ted. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you're probably
1: right about that. Oh, yeah. Because
0: that's, t- that's like you were saying, Steve, that's TV. That's what we've, that is the lifestyle, to the yeah. entertainment to uh, which I, I we have be become shocked. accustomed. I mean, there, there have been
2: shows like that. There was that, yeah. uh, you know, like Dabney Coleman playing some evil bastard who oh, yeah. ruins everybody's lives. And Well, look yeah.
0: at,
3: you know, House M.D.,
2: I mean, just all anti-heroes. It yeah. Yeah. has been for so a long time. So many anti-heroes.
0: And so like getting a hero-hero, I think, uh, is part of what makes it different and interesting. Yep. Um, a thing that, that struck me about this show was, um, as it went on, uh, the number of people who, the number of friends of mine who texted me and started the conversation, presuming it was a show that I already watched, uh, I think was, <laughs> I, I think that probably says something about me um, that it was because they were like, I just, I know you're watching this because it's going to be something you very much enjoy. And I thought that was kind of funny that uh, more than one person was like, okay, we need to talk about Ted Lasso and I know you're watching it. So here you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't felt this compelled to evangelize for a show in a very, very long yeah. time. Yeah. Yep, same.
3: it's It's also really nice that this was, it an apple uh tv plus original. oh really
2: i hadn't we, noticed
3: i know You're i not. know surprise <laughs> i don't know if you know and yes i don't know um, if you noticed
0: that not one of those iphones was in a case
3: right because <laughs> it makes me really nervous um but it made it so great because as time went on because so okay so first off the fact that it was apple tv plus original or what I, d- yeah. I think that's the official. name. Let's start with yeah. some more Pro Max Plus Plus. Um, <laughs> it, it it's hard to say. Oh, hey, you need to go out and get this uh, mm-hmm. streaming service. But so often people would say, "Hey, I just got a new phone," or "Hey, I just got a new computer," and I have a free <laughs> year of Apple TV Plus. Go what should I watch? And I would immediately say. Watch Ted Lasso and hit enter, and then I would say, and also then go through watch Mystic Quest and watch Dickinson, yeah. what you know, all and list yeah. out other other things, but Ted Lasso received its own little commentary there yes. and, and the stars and all of that push. And so mm-hmm. I I think Apple I don't know if they expected this uh I like receding? to think they didn't because
0: I should be able to buy all kinds of Ted Lasso branded items and I cannot. Mm-hmm. And for a company like that a has... a body pillow or... <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> oh, even no. tempt me, Steve. Little
2: squeezable plush Nate you can carry around with you? Yes.
0: Okay, that would be awesome. For a company that has an undeniable ability to extract money from my wallet, the fact that i cannot spend money in an official capacity on ted lasso stuff is completely baffling to me so i really hope they fix that with season 2 we will find out in july um i'm looking very much forward to it and i'm looking forward to getting to talk to all of you about it too so uh casey as always uh, i say as always like we've done any podcast before <laughs> ever in the internet
1: Um, don't tell anyone
0: so it's going really well here it's going really really well uh casey i had a blast having you on the show today so thank you so much for being here
1: you know i felt that one in my penis oh you took mine how dare you
2: (laughs) how dare you (laughs) i'm so sorry that's
3: (laughs) You could say. You it. Started you can off the
2: show stealing a quote. You might as well finish it up too. It's very
3: Casey. Good job, Casey. You're, you're <laughs> fitting it. right in. You will have Casey. I like you I sniped that out of. Out yeah, you sniped <laughs> like a true draft. Yep,
0: yes, yes, I do what in, I have to. In do. true incomparable panelist fashion, you you snipe somebody's pick right before they could pick it. So let's see what he's got instead. Steve let's thank you for being here
2: yeah uh thank you for having me um i apologize i don't know which one of you i nutted because i don't see so well at night anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) such a child
2: definitely stepped down from what i had planned
0: (laughs) i'm sorry Uh, i have enjoyed very much hosting everybody um i am kelly gamont and i am here to say that though i think it's possible ted lasso will fail here i won't gloat when it happens because i can't help but root for him also with me tonight kathy campbell
3: I'm going to first off thank you everyone for letting me be come here to play, uh, and then I, my ending quote in true fashion is going to be both the first word and the last word stated in this episode, which is "fuck."
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is bookended by "fox," isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. I hadn't even right realized. There. By there Rebecca,
3: in fact, Rebecca. Fox. They're both Rebecca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good
0: night, everybody.